Hello and welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. This podcast is for sports fans, whether you're playing it, interested in it or looking to learn from high achievers. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a life coach and I work with sports professionals, athletes, coaches and people in and around the industry. I help those people live more expansively, more authentically, so that they can enhance their performance, whether that's playing their game or living their real life. My background is in business. I've been in business for over 20 years in property. I've mentored and coached in that industry, and that led me into being a life coach. I'm super passionate about sports, and that's what led me to working in that industry and creating this podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to some amazing human beings, some elite athletes and people from that industry. We're going to be talking about the glory, the glamour, the achievements and the medals. But we're also going to go to the real life bit, behind the scenes, what it really takes to excel. We're going to talk about the guts, the determination, the grit and the grime. For you, the listener, you're going to get some great takeaways and insight, whether you're looking to achieve for yourself around your mindset or your personal development. This is the podcast for you. So if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review and any comments you have. So here we go, the Real Life Sports Show. Okay, everybody. Today, I'm really pleased to have um, the amazing, the wonderful Mark Little with me. He now plays for Bristol Rovers, um, and yeah, I'm really, I'm really stoked that you said yes to being on the podcast. So, thanks for being here, Mark. I think you've got the wrong Mark Little. If you said the wonderful and amazing one, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you Google Mark Little, you get a few, don't you? Yeah, uh, there is a few. There's an actor, and oh, there's a couple of actors, and then, yeah. Yeah, the, I think there's a comedian as well, but yeah, comedian, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew who you were, so it's all good. Um, yeah, like I said, thank you for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you giving up your time today. Um, I guess, obviously, I want to probably start the early years, like how, how you got into football. I don't know if it was a typical sort of, you know, story. So, how how did you get into football? Uh, yeah, just did it so much. Um, kicking a football since I could walk um, then school as much as I could made all the school teams then my dad took me to like the local sports centre so I joined a load of other guys that were doing the same um, and then I from playing in that team I managed to kind of get trials at various clubs so mm. I was at um I, I, you, you kind of go into what it's called a development centre. You have a trial and then you go yeah. in. This was a long time ago, this was. It's all changed now. But You're not I, that old. You're not that old. It's changed a lot since since I was having my school trials. It was over 20 years ago now. But um, Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So I'd have my trial and then what, what kind of happened with the various clubs were, right, he's got a talent. Um, he's not quite ready for to join our official academy, which would be like you know, sign under a sign under a contract type of thing. Mm. So you go into the development centre. So I was at Coventry for a while, Aston Villa for a while, Birmingham City for a very short while, a couple of weeks that one was. Um, and kind of just, right, okay, 
you can't train with us now, so I'd go back to my local team. Then I'd go to Villa for a bit and then right, uh, come back to us next year type of thing. But then I ended up at, at Wolverhampton Wanderers. So I did um, a six-week trial there. And I think after the fourth week, they said, yeah, we're, we're going to... We're going to offer you a, a contract. We'd like you to train with our academy full time. So mm. I think I was, I think I was, I think I was twelve and nearly thirteen when I signed. And I was just thirteen when I when I signed. Um, and then I just went. I stayed with Wolves then and, and went right the way through and made my debut with the first team. Wow, because it sounds like a lot of moving around for a young kid. What was that like? You know, going sort of all these different places was. So you don't you don't have to go. You'd only have to travel for the trial. Um, so that, that was only three or four times. But then the development centres, which were basically, you, they, they'd hire coaches to come to a, a satellite place. So they were all mm. quite local to me. So I, I'm from Worcester. Um, yeah. So Coventry's was in Worcester. Um, Villa's was in Worcester. And Blues was, it, Blues was in Birmingham, which is only probably half an hour from, from where I lived. Um, and then, but once I did sign for Wolves, then and it was training three times a week, and then a game on the weekend. That mm. was that's probably an hour's drive for me. So that well, me, my mom. So that was uh, straight after school, hour up there, probably an hour and a half in traffic. Yeah. I trained two hours whilst my mom sat and watched in the cold and freezing, and then another hour and a half home. And then I did that on a Monday, Tuesday, M- Monday, Tuesday, and a Friday. And then I'd play on a Saturday. And like you say, that is a lot. Of- Travelling didn't really bother me. I was chauffeured, but my- but it was very tough for my mum. Like I- you don't think about it until you're a parent and you drive people around. It was yeah. that must be a tough slog for her, which I'm eternally grateful for. Yeah, that yeah. Obviously, it was a commitment on both parts. So, did you feel it though as a kid? Sort of obviously because Monday, Tuesday, and I think you said Friday was it. You know that that's no, it couldn't have been Friday. Um, that that's a long day, isn't it, for a for a young lad? And then you know, getting into school the next day and concentrating. And did you feel it then, or was it just I'm just really happy I'm playing football? And yeah, to be honest, I loved it when I, when I was when I was young. It, definitely in the academy days, I don't think I did get tired um, mm. just because I was a really active person, and, and I loved it. I loved. I'm still at home. I'm still at school with with my friends, and mm. then. In the evenings, I used to go and play football at a really good level. Um, and, and again, I, I, I just loved it. Mm. And obviously, it's a tough slug on my mum. Dad was proud as punch. So I, I, I really, really enjoyed it, um, which was, yeah, to, to the, which, which enabled me to progress and get a lot, lot better in that time for me to sign my, at that time, it was a scholarship then. So to, yeah. to then step on the, on the ladder type of thing. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. What did, um, was there sort of any defining moment when you were younger when you realised actually you know what I'm quite good at this? Was it? Did it sort of just yeah? Was there just one moment where you just thought God you know what I can make something of myself here with this? Um, I think that was the day I got my scholarship. Anything before that because you'd only take you you, you train in year groups. When I was at, when I was at my local team, I genuinely thought I I wasn't the best player. There was it was three we. I played in a team that used to win a lot. We used to win quite a few cups and, and, and leagues and things like that. We were the better team in, in our small city of Worcester. Um, yeah. And there was there was lads in there that were better than me, I feel, technically. But I, I know for one, I won't mention names, but there was there was definitely a lad that I thought, like, he's going to be a pro. But his 
don't know what, what you, it, they used to describe it as my dedication, but it, it wasn't really my dedication. It was the fact that if I had to be for training, my mum would get me to training. Whereas I think mm. this lad's parents were a bit like, oh, maybe not today. It's a bit far or something. Like that. He's actually yeah. a very intelligent boy, and he, he's he's got he, he went back to uni and and is very successful. But I, I think that's the difference between certain lads and uh, there wasn't one of my best schoolmates. I, I, I look back now and I think, you know what, you were better than me, but I stuck at it, um, kept on turning up, tried my best every, every training session. Of actually, I loved it as well. Mm. Um, I think that shot, that shone through a little bit and then it got to the point. So you're so under 16. So you'd be, yeah, you'd be 14 turning 15. No, was it? No, sorry. Next year, you were 15 turning 16. Yeah. Um, and it was like that that was I felt was if I don't get a scholarship then I need to look at something else because that I, I felt at that point it, it would kind of pass you mm. or or you get your scholarship and then you've got every chance then to go on to make a career because Wolves were in the Wolves were in the Prem at that point so you feel if, if I made it into a Premiership club there was still chances of me going to Championship, League One, League Two type of thing. So that was probably my. I didn't believe. I didn't think anywhere further than the next training session up until scholarship times. And then mm. when I was doing that, it was it was right. This is. It wasn't. It wasn't right. Concentrate at school and then go and do your football. It was then right. Football, 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 football. Which again was much better for me because once I'm focused, you can kind of you can do what you do what you do. Yeah, I mean, it it brings into play the whole like you talking about your your friends and that, and some of that maybe you thought technically better than you. It, it brings that whole skill and will into it, like your will and determination and discipline elevated you to that level to get you your scholarship. Because you can have all the skill in the world, right? But if you're not, if you don't stick at something, you're not passionate about it. And there are plenty of people who've got gifts, right? but they don't automatically use them because they, they don't have the will, the the foresight or the determination to do anything with it. I, I firmly, firmly, firmly agree with that. I com yeah. com completely agree with that because, like I said, there's players that I know still to this day that I'm thinking there's 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 a you, – you, you have everything to go on and make a career here and it, and it doesn't mm. happen. And obviously, again, it's – so if there's if there's eleven or, or say fifteen in every age group, it jumps up and it jumps up, and there's only usually one or two that make the cut, right. and then the, and then the same when you've hit men's football every year there's a call, so every year there'll be players coming and going, and you just got to make sure that basically that the the spot is yours every every single time, and that's where I feel my career has gone the gone the way that it has and it's it's not it wasn't anything to do with talent or anything like that obviously there's a there's there's some level of, of natural ability but the majority of it's hard work I, I believe in that hard work and dedication yeah I mean the best the best people you know the best skilled player isn't necessarily going to shine through unless they they've still got to practice they've still got to turn up you know be disciplined be consistent um and that yeah so that's the whole will over skill kind of thing so do do you um you know, I guess what I'd like to probably talk about is sort of the challenges that you've you've faced over the years because you've moved you've moved about a little bit. You've been you've been to City and now you're at Rovers and that. What what, what would you say are the biggest challenges that you've faced in your career? I'm facing my biggest challenges now. I believe um, 
it's, it's as you progress through your career you hit so many different ones so when I first started out it was just I still still needed to kind of prove yourself because there are players that make their debut and then they've done a year and then you don't see them ever again so it was for, right. it, you take every step as it comes so my first stage was right now someone's offered me a scholarship so then it's kind of right can I can I because that's still you football and then can I make it to the man the men's stage which would be mm. like reserved football then it's make your debut and I could just keep keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and just ticking away the the the, the, the kind of the progressions um and then so I got I got released from Wolves that's probably my my first one but again it wasn't really a difficult time for me it was sad that I was leaving the club that I started at I started mm. at but I kind of I just say hit the ground running when I went to Peterborough because I had a really really good time at Peterborough so again I play in every week manager like me managers come and go and every manager was sticking with me so it was all positive um then I left for Bristol City so again um that was when my career went up to another another notch because I was the success that we had there um and then when I went to Bolton that my first challenge I had to face was I've never obviously now I've accumulated lots of bills and and on, uh, outgoings and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't have a, I had a fiance, nearly a wife at that point, and then Bolton decided not to pay me. So I've mm-hmm. never had, so I've never had the stress of kind of, I never had any sort of stress outside of football, um, yeah. other than you know, general stuff. But then I had that on top of me, which was a bit like, well, this is crazy. Then through whatever reason, the manager wasn't playing me, and. I just, that's not something that I'm used to. I'm used to, I'm definitely used to the manager saying, uh, Mark, um, I'm giving you a rest or right, you've had a lack of form, but you'll get back in my team. But that was the first manager that was, I could, didn't obviously didn't tell you, look me in the eye and told me straight, but I had the feeling that this manager wasn't a fan of mine and I still had 18 months left on my contract. So that was, that was a big challenge to mm. keep my head, keep, keep, um, keep my head um, and and keep doing the things that I mentioned is turning up every day, training hard every day because until that point, when you read all the, all the sports books and all the positive speaking books and it's like, yeah, just keep your head and work hard. It was easy at that point because I was playing, I was playing well, I was fit um, and just uh, that came easy. But until the point where something's like, right, you've got to, you've got to turn up every day rain or shine you've got to perform to the best level you can you've got to impress someone that genuinely don't really want to play you that playing against the impossible really which is which is very very difficult um that was probably my first my cha- biggest challenge of or first first and second combined um and then i moved to bristol rovers where mm. i'm now challenging my body if i'm quite honest um my my head at this level, like without being arrogant, I kind of feel like I know what I'm doing. I've done 400 plus games. Yeah. Um, wherever the manager wants to put me, like I, I kind of know what I'm doing. But can I do it to the level that I have been for the previous 10 years? It's that's yeah. the, that's where I'm kind of I'm battling at the moment. Where, like I said to you before, I didn't really used to get tired. Like that wasn't a thing for me, and and muscle overuse injuries wasn't a thing for me. But now I'm the other side of 30 
that is a game where I genuinely want to do twice as much training as what I'm doing now, but that would be a risk for my body um, and that's not the best idea. So now I'm literally playing cat and mouse, which is extremely difficult. Um, and then I kind of get a run in the team where I'm able to say, right, I'm back to where I was. And then I get another little injury. So that's tough. That is, that's the, the, where I am now is the, the toughest thing I've had to deal with in football. Um, Mm. I'm watching all these young kids run around. I'm thinking, <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. But it's kind of, I've kind of got a different role now where I need to. I, I'm kind of the easiest way to explain it would be I need to stand still and direct other other people around me. Whereas before I was one yeah. being directed, running up and down and up and down and up and down. That's probably the probably the easiest way to describe it. So, um, but again, I'm enjoying it, enjoying the role. Um, I'd enjoy it a bit more if I was getting more game time, but I've got to, I do have to concede. I've spoke to a mentor of mine who's kind of said, well, if you go 14 years and you still have, and you're still playing every week in, week out, if it's this year that I don't get so many games, then mm. still, if you over, if you look at the career for a long time, if I start playing again next year, then I only had a kind of blip on the blip on the, slight blip on the radar rather than a, a rubbish career type of thing so yeah that has been tough for me it is very yeah it'd be easy just to look like oh i haven't played this year and we and the the mind naturally wants to go to the to the negative or the not so good when there's all there's so much good you know and naturally as human beings we just always go to that to the blip i don't know why it's just what we do i think i think we're 70 times more programmed to focus on the negative than positive so it's natural that, that you do that but I think what's, what's interesting about what you say about all of that and just that general sort of rundown in your career is actually how much pressure there is because you know I'm a, I'm a massive sports fan I watch a lot of sport and um, it inspires me and I'm inspired but we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors we think oh yeah they're all right they've got it they're playing you know they're playing they're living their best life right they've got you know playing football or tennis or whatever at a top level you know they got money they got this they got that but actually there is a lot of pressure that goes on behind the scenes the 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 pressure is immense and you don't really get players kind of what do you say bringing that up and and complaining about it because our life is well it's 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 a dream isn't it really it's playing doing something that you enjoy every day of your life it's to to a lot Mm. of people it's it's a dream but that doesn't take away the pressures like you've just mentioned because i I felt the pressure early on it's like well my mom is done my mom did what she did and my dad to get me where i was i can't let them down like i just i can't let them down it's impossible so that's it then you look at right Walls was my like I lived I moved at Walls moved, moved to Walls I've been going there for Wall Rampton Wanderers for going for um, years and years and years they were my home club had so much some support from the community like everyone everywhere I went was a Walls fan I lived in Digs so the Walls family that I was with they yeah. basically gave me a passport to go and play football they taught me everything so then. I, I can't let them down now. So not only am I can't let my family down, I can't let Wolves fan base down. Like that again, that's another thing. Like can't it's an, it, the pressure to perform there. Um, mm. And then and then the next step for me went on to Peterborough was like, well, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a girlfriend, fiance, wife, family. 
I can't let them down now. So there's another person I can't let down. Um, and then that that's that's like your small circle. But then the pressure that you put on yourself, which you have to put on pressure on yourself. I don't I don't know I don't know an elite athlete that doesn't set goals or set set a level of achievement to where you want to be. Like so, if I say to myself, mm. right, we're going to go and play in the Premier League, I'm I'm not accepting lower league football. It's just it. it and if that's the only thing you thought about over and over and over, you'd have to literally pro- unprogram your mind to understand that okay, mm. that's not quite the level that you're going to play at, and you're going to need to go and play lower. And that the, the pressure that you, if you didn't put that pressure on yourself, you wouldn't achieve half as much. My yeah. opinion, achieve half as much as what you could. Um, I mean, Billy, Billy Jean King always said, "Pressure is a privilege," right? Yeah, that's a classic, a classic quote from her, and I know it's used a lot in sport. And I think, yeah, you know, in sport especially, yeah, you know, you you're always looking for that next level, right? You're always looking to go to the next next mountain top. How can I improve? How can I get better? Yeah. Um, you know, when you play at the high levels, you want to be at the highest level, right? Yeah, of course. It's not you're not here to. I'm not. I'm not here to to mess around. It's to it's to play at the highest level, and and that is also it's got a lot to do with my identity as well. And I, I hear this a lot being spoken about, and I'm only just grasping it now as I'm coming to the end of my career, where it's like my identity is oh Mark. So whether that's a f- friend, f- family, external, uh, another circle out, um, my dad's mates at the pub, whoever it is, oh, it's Mark who's really good at football. So. I have to be really good at football because as soon as I'm not really good at football, then I am, I'm, I'm back on my who's rubbish at football. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Where they, um, I feel that my my friends, a good friend that I love to death, like I don't feel that they have that. Not the worst, I was going to say stigma, but it's not stigma around them. I don't think they have that external pressure to kind of deliver anything. If if you if you know what I mean, where I feel like I I. That's my identity, and I need to crack on with that. Mm. Or actually, what have you got left with? I know it's not true. I know it's nothing. I know there's my close people around me, my family see a lot more than just playing football. I know that for a fact. But it's yeah. just the feeling that you have at the back of your head. It's like, well, this is this is all this is all I've known since I was like I said, I started kicking a football since when I could walk. So I've been marking good at football since I could walk, and now it's getting to the point where I mark. He's good at football if his body allows it. <laughs> it's going to be Mark, who's had a really good career, and that, that is a massive process where I've got pro, unprogrammed yeah. my mind. It and and you, the only people you can speak to about that is is people that have been through it, like ex pros, and see how they manage it. It's well documented. Yeah. A lot of people don't take it too well. It's not just no. football, any sport. That's any sport or Olympians. Like I. I Imagine an Olympian who just who an, an an Olympian who would have to train much harder than me mm. and get, say if someone's going to the Olympics and they have to focus on something so tiny for four years, yeah. Then right, okay, that was your last Olympics. Then then what? Like that's what. I yeah, think. I mean, I mean, I I'm friends with um, Dane Kelly Holmes. I think you know that anyway. But um, yeah. she she does say you know because obviously she won those two golds in Athens and then. It's only now, which is probably what, I think it's thirteen years later, that she's kind of really knows who she is again. Like exactly. she's really she's really driven with her businesses and things like that. But yeah, I heard you, really, you speak to 
whether interviewing her or just just having a chat with her on Clubhouse the other day. And yeah, we run a room on Clubhouse on a Thursday night together. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we were talking about it. She yeah. does openly talk about those challenges because yeah, you know when you're elite, elite at something like you're an elite footballer and professional footballer and any elite athlete or someone that's really just really super known and does something really super well when that's gone that's really bloody hard right it's so hard because like the words that you're using there now she was elite like elite of the elite yeah. so now she's in the businesses she's accepted that she isn't going to be elite 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 she's just going to be as good as she, like she's going to be good at her businesses mm. and she's mm. going to do her best to get to the next level so and she also mentioned um it wasn't as fulfilling. So if she, I don't know, I'm not certain on what her business are, but I don't know, say she wins, wins an award for woman, uh, woman business of the year or something like that, business woman mm. of the year, then that's not as fulfilling as winning a gold medal. And I completely mm. understand that. But imagine going the rest of your life now thinking, right, well, I'm never going to get to that high again. I'm never going to win yeah. another gold medal. And, and that, that is, like you said, what do you say, 14 years, was it? Yeah, I think, yeah, 13 years ago, yeah. It's tough. tough. But, I mean, she's got there now. (laughs) She feels all right now. But, I, you know, I've uh, coached a couple of footballers. One of them was still playing, and the other one was uh, sort of playing, coming to the end of his career. And I know for for him, um, there was, you know, there is an element of what now, what next, who am I, kind of your identity is so wrapped up in being this elite athlete, this pro athlete, it, it is, it can be really challenging and finding the same kind of highs and the same kind of buzz that you get from playing your sport, you've now got to find it in something else, which which can be really challenging and um, and I'm working with a, a, another athlete and um, that person, again, is coming to the end of their career, they've got about 18 months left. And it's, they're asking those questions now, which is great, actually, rather than just waiting and like, well, I'm out the door. Yeah, what I think you have to ask those questions earlier on, right? I mean, how, how old are you, Mark? Did you say? Sorry, 30? 32, I am. Yeah. So, so I, how, did, how long, much longer do you hope to play for? Again, it's as long as my body lets me. Like, I'd lo- I'd, I still love playing. So mm. um, I've, I've definitely, definitely got – I know this year I could have helped the team uh, a lot more than sitting on the bench. I know that for a fact. And I know that I could go into another team in this league very easily and, and, and contribute massively um, mm. or lead a team. I, I'm very confident in that. So it would be such a shame if if I have to drop a level or drop drop, drop again because I know I've still got stuff to, to, to offer at this level. And then, it's, again, it, I'm up. In, I've, my contract's up in the summer, so it's then. It's I've got to sit there and I've got to. I've got to have a discussion with my wife because if I'm dropping level and I'm having to go a million miles away, then then this might be my last six months. Which you mm. never and you never know. Like I never know. I hope it's not. I'm pretty sure that I've got pretty certain I've got plenty more in the tank. Go way yeah. over thirty-five, but you never know. I can't. I can't say. Oh, I'll just go and sign with someone else because I've got to. Got to. Got to. Someone got to find someone that wants that. Do you know what I mean? I'm seeing some. I'm, a, a lad came on trial today, actually, which I think, like, I won't mention his name, but I think, like, a senior at Senior Wales International. I'm thinking, right, if he hasn't got a team, um, I spoke to one of my friends I used to play with at Wolves. Um, this guy who's played in the played in the Premiership. If I said if I said his name now, 
I'd say 90% of footballers would say, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a serious player. He's been sat at home mm. for a year. I'm thinking, scary. Wow. It's scary. So There's I have a fine to, line yeah. then, isn't there? There's that fine line between playing and not playing. All to do with timing and all that sort of stuff. So mm. I can't say to you, oh, yeah, I'll just... I'll just get another contract next year because you, you mm. never know what's around the corner. So I hope hope for the best, but prepare for the worst type of thing. Excuse me, I'm and, just, just put a warning up saying it might go. Okay, no worries. Um, what, so how how have you prepared yourself? Because I, I don't just mean in terms of, um, you know, uh, business or, or work or whatever, but actually it's a mental game, right? It's mentally preparing yourself for it as well, which is, probably the for you know for me i would say it's the, that's the most yeah. crucial part of it all because yeah. you know when you struggle with that mentally everything else becomes difficult around it as well so how are yeah. you preparing yourself how I, how I kind of described it previous was programming my mind um and i've got plenty of time to do that which is brilliant um mm. some people have to program their mind within uh, some people would go on holiday like we we usually finish season early May and then I go into pre-season in July so they probably got eight weeks to kind of go away on holiday so some lads would be like right I'm just gonna go on holiday and then when I get back I'll 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 end up at my next club or my next job and when Mm. that doesn't happen they've got to program their mind then in such a small period of time and I I think I'd struggle with that so Mm. my head is just just my head wise it's just right get my mind in a place for the worst case scenario if i don't find a club what am i doing that's that's mm. where it is. but um was it fine financially wise i've been considering this for four five six years so luckily mm. i luckily i did a lot of um I did, well, I did a lot of education regarding property i went on so many courses and things like that managed to get my myself a, a good portfolio as if I kind of get my basic bills paid. So if I have, if, if it turn around and I don't get a job in six months' time, then I can kind yeah. of pay bills, which is a lot. I feel a lot more relaxed about that than than um, a lot mm. of other people. Whereas if I if my my body allows me to do what I always set out to do, which is to play until 35, 36, 37, then. Yeah in four or five years time then that portfolio will grow to the point where i'm very very comfortable saying so that's where yeah. that's, that's that's basically the difference now it's either right I've, I've, my, my bills are paid i've now got to go and get out i've got to if, if i want if i want to still keep going on these holidays that me and the wife go on <laughs> i've got and then i've got to go and do something else but if and but that's where i want to be four or five years time away to, to, to see what i mean so yeah is, that, is there a, sorry go on i just thought the, the also thing is i would be no i'd be no good without a project i'd be no good sat at home around the house it just wouldn't hmm. it, i couldn't get my head around it like i've always got something to be working towards i've always got to be better at that i've always got to go to work and impress this person i've always got to, i've got to win the next game if that was taken away from me, I'm like, oh, like that. I don't know. We had the lockdown, and I had to sit at home, and it was my worst nightmare. So yeah. that's just what you. That's just down to what you're used to doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I had to playing games myself with. So I'd go out and have a cycle or or, or a jog, and I'd have to beat my time just to come yeah. home and be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've 
accomplish something. That and yeah, I, no, I, it's a good thing I, to do. It's a good thing to challenge yeah. yourself. You don't. Yeah. I don't feel good on the sofa. I, I don't. No, no, and it's good to challenge yourself. You know, I'm always challenging myself. I mean, it's getting harder the older I'm getting, but I still still do it. Um, and I think it keeps you driven and it keeps you focused. It gives you something to get up for, gives you a purpose. So, and and challenging yourself in one area can cross over into other areas of your life. So, I I, I definitely think it's a, you know, a good thing to do. Um, what what do you say then throughout your career to this point? Then, what's been your greatest achievement? Well, just achieving achieving my dream really of, of having a mm. career in football that was probably my my greatest achievement a big uh umbrella over the top of it yeah and, and then i was lucky enough to have some achievement in within that that i'm proud of so making my debut so young um then promotion first promotion then winning winning my first Johnson Pate Cup. So that was basically like a, a a cup competition from League One, League Two and below. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my fifth. I won, won, won that cup at Wembley. And I won the league with Bristol Ro- Bristol City. Sorry. We won yeah. the league very convincingly. Um, that was a brilliant year that we had. I've made some brilliant, like awesome friends there that I won't. Ever like I'm, I'm still speaking to the majority of them every day. Yeah. We had a successful season where we we won the league convincingly, and then um, we won the Johnson Plate again. So that was my second time that I won that, mm. um, where I scored in the cup final and, and and scored at Wembley, which is probably something when you, you know when you kind of oh right well I want to do that and I want to dream that I dream to do that. That was like up here, like I didn't even oh, put yeah. do to kind of score at a, score at a Wembley cup final. So. I'll have to look that up. I didn't know that. I did. I know you yeah. won it, but I didn't know you scored actually. So I'm gonna have to look that up on YouTube or something. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a defender. So for me to stick scoring at Wembley on on your yeah. tick list, it just, it just yeah. didn't happen. That was a brilliant year for me. Um, that I'd say they were my my greatest achievements. And then yeah. my next my next achievement, if I just if I end up saying it right, if I'm if I'm still playing at 36, then I I, I'm, I can definitely tick that box then playing professionally at 36 would be my next greatest achievement really yeah yeah and I guess in order to do that is it's a it's the discipline isn't it it's just discipline around keeping yourself fit mentally and physically do you yeah and is that I mean obviously there's a level of responsibility that comes on you personally for that obviously you go to the club and you train and they put on the training but when it comes to, you know, there still has to be an element of that that you take personal responsibility for, right? At home with your diet, um, with your, you know, your mindset and stuff. How, you know, do you get a lot of support? Is it, how does it work? Um, well, I don't know if I, it's, it's hard for me to say, to answer that, to be quite honest, because the clubs that I mentioned before, so started at Wolverhampton Wanderers Premiership Club, so much mm. infrastructure, I could literally, I'd have, I'd have a yoga, I'd have a Pilates and yoga person. I'd have strength and conditioning coach. I'd have a, a general fitness coach. I'd have a physio, not not just a. So at Walls, I believe there's probably about eight physios at Walls. So there was there was always someone who would have the time. Yeah. Um, I looked at that and I thought, oh well, this is easy. If I need that, I'll just go and speak to that person. <laughs> now I'm at Bristol Rovers, which is um, 
the the setup isn't as uh, what would you isn't as well. They complex. don't have the money, do they? I mean, it's a lower league, so it's what league one? League one is it? Rovers? Yeah, we're at league one, so it's it's yeah. it's a lot tougher because then it hundred percent like now I've got those people I mentioned. So there's a physio there, there's a fitness coach there, uh, there's an intern nutritionist that comes in part time. Um, no Pilates and yoga, not the best facilities at this moment in time. Mm. So I have got those people to kind of bounce off, but that's not enough for myself to keep myself in a level that I need to be. So that responsibility falls on me 100%. So it now turns mm. to, I need to, I need to seek out these professionals myself and have these conversations with them to, to work out what it is. And it is tough because we're not, Bristol Rovers aren't having the best time at the moment. Unfortunately, we've had three managers since I've been here. So the, yeah. the, the, the teams come and go, the managers come and go. So training changes. Oh, we, we just lost our manager less than a week ago. So this week, it's a fresh week. So training completely changes. So if I go outside to an expert, external um, uh, S&C coach and I say, right, this is what I'm feeling in my body. Can you help me with this? I need this, this, that, and the other. Mm. He will then plan it around my training. So we've got a plan yeah. together. We're working on it. We've got a focus. Brilliant. Six-week program. And then the manager changes and then the training changes. <laughs> we've got to start again now. We've got to go yeah. back with another plan. So it, it's constant. It's not. It's nothing solid. It's like liquid. It's moving around. But I, it's... It, it's yeah, it's it's tough. like I said at the start. This is a, this is a this is a challenge for me. This is a challenge. Yeah, but it sounds like you're managing it pretty well. You're committed to it. That's that's what I'm sensing. Your your level of commitment is pretty high. I have to do it. There's no like if I want to, if I want to play Tom Thirty Six, I have to do it. It's as simple mm. as that. It's yeah. it comes to about to a point of professionalism where you kind of have to demand it of people as well. Like I completely mm. understand that my coaches have have got. 30 other players to deal with and they've got a league to, yeah. to worry about. I get that. But at the same time, like I, I need I need the, as much help as I can to, to perform to the best level as I can. So mm. it's yeah, it's, it's a complete it's a different challenge. It's a completely different challenge. Yeah. What's um obviously so within throughout your career within the game, how how has it changed since you were a young lad to now? Because obviously that's a good chunk of time. Have you seen massive differences in terms of fitness and uh, nutrition, mindset stuff? You know, how, how has it changed? Yeah. Um, the game from when I started has definitely gone more physical um, and you're now breeding athletes rather than... Um, I remember my first team, the lads would, the lads would smoke and, and <laughs> we'd go near the gym and all that sort of stuff. But they were that technically gifted. It was... It was they didn't. They let the ball do all the work. Yeah. Now you've got players that can do both. To compete with that, you've got to be an athlete. So it definitely went, and it's going that. It's still, still going that way. Well, no, I, I probably say now the Premiership, not not maybe not our league, but the Premiership mm. is now. I think is go. I think every player has got such a level. Every player is an athlete. There's no, you, there's no player that can't perform to a certain level, and at that, mm. at, at that, league. so. I think it's now going more technical again, going back the other way. Mm. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is this is more to do with the, fin the finance of things where back in the day, 
managers used to rely on senior players to, to be in the team because they use their nows to kind of yeah. lead and direct it. Now, teams, clubs are playing more younger players because there's more monetary value for the club in the future, if you know what I'm saying. So if they can, if, if they're going to look to, if my next club is missing a right back and they need a right back, that's where I play. And mm. you've got a 20-year-old player that hasn't played many games, but has the potential to to start at that level, buy him cheap, well, get him on a free, progress him for three or four years, then sell him on for a couple of million quid. Yeah. The clubs, that's more value than me turning up, who's got over 400 odd games experience, mm. but they know what my level is. They know, they know that they know full well that they're not going to buy, they're not going to get me on a free now and sell me for a million quid. That it'll be very yeah. difficult to sell me on. That's where now clubs are now trying to go for younger, less experienced players, which is another battle that I'm fighting. So I've got to, yeah. I've got to not only have I got to, sort myself but I've got to compete with I've got to compete with that sort of thing and mm. yeah, I think that's happened happened to me here to be quite honest where I'm watching younger players do things that I feel that I'm more than capable of doing if not better in certain circumstances but I know that they're going to get more of a more game time because if these guys progress they're going to get sold on for a few quid yeah. um, which which is which is hard, but again, you should do your best. There's no, I can't do anything yeah. about that. It's not, it's, I don't own the club, so you just have to get on with it. That's that's another, you know, mental challenge, though, isn't it? Dealing with that dynamic, because I, you know, I, you know, I'm not in that world. I don't don't think about that until you've just said that, you know. And it's, you know, it's really interesting, and you you have to deal with that mentally, um, knowing that actually you might. Like you can do, a, a, if not, you know, a good job, if not better job, but because of, you know, the dynamics of what you said, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, right? So, you yeah, know. There's no point me getting angry and upset about it because if I was if I was the owner of the club, would 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 that be how I run my business? I don't know. It's not my business. It's his. It's his. It's his business. It's his club. Or it's like, when I say owner, it's not. It's never just the owner. There's there's, there's many people in that kind of decision making circle. But mm. I know for me, I, I again, like I watch games and I think, well, I can help here. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like I can. I've been in the scenario before, and I can help here. So that's what makes me. That's what disheartens you. And then again, the next. So I watch. So I watch the game. And then I, mm. I'm meant to get that out of my head mon- uh, Sunday afternoon, and then I and then I got to come to work on Monday and show mm. them all again, show them show them my my attributes again and again and again. So it is tough, but it's part of yeah. my job. And that's what I'm here to do. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a bit conscious of time. Obviously, I don't want to keep you too long, but um, I get. What, what would you say the um, the biggest lessons that you've learned from from your footballing career? I think, well, it helped me grow up very quickly. Like I, yeah. I am in the early days, where I feel if I was still, if I if I had to go to school or stay at school and you know go to go to college and university and that sort of stuff, I feel I'd probably still be I'd still be mothered for the until the age. <laughs> 22 23 <laughs> not everybody i'm just saying my circumstance yeah. 
airport where I had to leave home at 15. So, yeah. yes, I wasn't wandering around Wolverhampton on my own. But I was, I was out of my, I, I had to grow up. I had to basically get street smart where I, I grew up in Worcester, which is a really pleasant um, countryside kind of city. And then I moved mm. to Wolverhampton, to the big city where yeah. I, was, I was hanging around with, operated slightly different to what I grew up with. Yeah. And then I was, I moved in, I bought my, bought my own house at 18. So my wife is, like, we talk, talk about um, what, when, when are we going to kick my son out of 22? But we still have this, we have this discussion. <laughs> and we completely disagree where I'm like, well, I love him too. Where she's like, no, no, you stay with us till he's like 25 and all that sort of stuff. But that was the, <laughs> that was the first thing that I learned. Um, and I, yeah, I just feel that, Football shapes the person, and I think, like you say, I've learned how to operate under pressure. Like, if anyone asks me to operate under pressure, like, no problem, I can do that because majority of things outside of outside of football, I don't have to do in front of eighty thousand people. Do you know what I mean? I can take my yeah. time to do it. So yeah, <laughs> the, the pressure. The, also, the the. The diversity that I come across because just just then one dressing room that I, that I mentioned to you where I went from country kid to kind of dealing with inner city boys and then every dressing room I've got into there's international people I'm sat next to a sat next to a French French chappy I'm sat next to I'm sat yeah. next to my, our goalkeeper Finn at the moment he's he's a pure Viking like it, it's just the different types of people different types cultures that you all bring together in a dressing room I think it's brilliant honestly it's brilliant mm. it's like it's slightly different at the moment I think we've only got four or five uh players from overseas at this moment in time but back mm. when I was in Wolves um Peterborough to a certain extent mm. um yeah Bristol when we went up so when we we were in the we, we majority was English, Irish, Welsh lads, and then when we went up and the club invested a lot, then bro, mm. we got he's an Italian player. Like you bring in cultures into a room, and it's, I don't think I would have got there anywhere else. If I if I was, I don't know if I was a, if I were my dad in his in his my dad's a mechanic, so if I work with him in his garage, I don't think there's going to be many multi cultures in there. It'll just be local garages, and, and yeah. when if I was to go to the local pub, then I'm just getting the lo- I'm just getting the local pub. Um, uh, opinions and things like that mm. so that's a massive thing massive thing that I learned um, and that yeah respect respect of respect your elders your elders that's <laughs> important and then yeah, um, yeah. Dealing, dealing dealing with different types of bosses every like I said I, I must have worked under about 20 to 30 different managers now and they all have their mm. own different different setups my last manager that just left now wouldn't wouldn't allow me to call him gaffer because he wanted to be more of a approachable person. Whereas a manager that I've had a lot of success with absolutely demanded respect. Like you had to either, you had to look at him a certain way, shake his hand in a mm. certain way. Just yeah. I can now take that into whatever I do next. Like I feel that I know how to deal with certain different certain different people. And Obviously, there is a lot, you know, the game has changed a lot. You know, I've always, like I say, followed sport and watched football, always loved football, played as a girl. 
and it is a lot more there's a lot more diversity in in football now and in, in the teams that we see internationals and stuff right through the leagues I think you know but in terms of obviously being a black player in, in football now we're seeing some really what with social media and I forget I was reading about another player yesterday I can't remember who it was now Man United player um, you know experiencing some racism via sort of social media and stuff how has it been for you how have you how's your experiences been were you, were you aware of what happened the weekend or was that just a normal question? No, it's a question that I ask, you know, I speak to a lot of obviously different people. So, yeah, no, what happened? Not last Sunday, not last Sunday, the Sunday before I was racially abused online. Um, I was, me, my wife and my little boy were having a walk down the beach and then I had a, a notification on my foot. So, I wasn't I wasn't playing a game. I wasn't in terms of a football game. I wasn't uploading anything on social media or anything like that. Not even mm. on my phone. I was just walking down the beach with my little one and then someone posted some um emojis that would suggest of a, a racially motivated gesture. Mm. Um so Sunday I I didn't I just didn't know what was going on. So I live in I'm in Swansea now, so I, I don't get back here so often because I'm obviously mm. in Bristol playing. So I was spending the weekend with my family and, and I just thought, right, well, I'll deal with this. I'll deal with this later. So I screenshot mm. what happened and then posted it onto my Twitter just to make people aware, put my phone down for about four or five hours. And then when I, when I came back to it, um, oh God, I, my phone exploded with... Wow support from every mainly was support from people yeah. saying disgusting honestly thousands and thousands and thousands of wow. people complaining about it's not acceptable it's it's people should just pure not support friends and old friends old coaches old managers um yeah. all checking that i was okay and all that sort of stuff when i was just i was having a laugh on the beach with my with my family type of thing um and then also my Bristol Rovers jumped into action in all credit mm. to them because they um, they reported it to the police instantly. Mm. Um, many members of staff, including like board members and things like that, 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 that got hold of me and, and checked that I was okay and asked if they could do anything for me. Um, the police called to, to take a statement. So they, they the, the club took it very seriously. My previous clubs... Um, kind of tweeted just from their official accounts to just check that they say they they stand with me and support me so yeah it's just a whirlwind of emotions really so I do see when it gets reported of elite uh, top level players being abused it, it, it is they do speak about it the, the negative stuff gets reported about but I just mm. wanted to make sure I just wanted to make sure that I'm not always dwelling on the negative, but there are racists out there. Like we know that, like, yeah, that's yeah. but we also do forget that there are millions and millions of people that support us also. So I just want, I did want to get that across um, mm. when I spoke about it, but I've then since then last week been on, I've had interviews for on um, national newspapers asking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, show racism the red card, kick it out organisations. They've all contacted me, interviewed me, checked that I was okay, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
local radio. I've had lots of interviews over the over the, the this last week. Yeah. Um, helps with um, awareness, really. But that that was just my incident Saturday. That that sorry Sunday, the last weekend. So there's yeah. a slight there's a slight indication of that, of how it is at the moment. Yeah, the moment it just seems yeah, like I say, social media is just we have these keyboard warriors that think it's okay that they can chuck this abuse out there. How has it been throughout your career? Have you, you know, on the pitch, for instance, has that been okay? Have you had challenges? I have had challenges, um, but I, it might be controversial. I'm saying it, but I, I, I personally haven't been plagued with it to the point where it's interrupting my football. Um, mm. My this incident, I, I represented uh, England under 17s was my first incident. We actually played in Turkey, um, and that was awful, appalling. That was the first time I ever experienced anything like it. Um, yeah. On the pitch, from their their home fans chanting whatever whatever it was, profanities. Mm. Then we had, and then people shouting at the bus when we were leaving. But that was one of my first international trips, so I kind of took that as Oh well, this is what it's like if you're if you're if you're an international and you're traveling to a different country, like you're going to get this abuse. But the la- the lads that have been there previous and other players that I've spoke to as well, I was like, no, that's that's not normal. Um, then when I was playing for Wolves, there was a couple of incidents at certain clubs that there was a few odd chants and things like that. I'd play fullback, so majority of the majority of the game on taking throw in so I'm right next to the opposition crowd so yeah then then social media kicked in so I, I do I don't think I've heard anything at football stadium because I'm a, I'm a senior player now so if I was to hear anything then I would I would I'd make a deal of it when I was yeah. that age I kind of got on with it now if I'm yeah. as a 32 year old man walking down the side of a football pitch and I hear anything like that then I'm going to my manager, then I'll be going to linesman, any sort of official to report it. Yeah. Not to make not not to make a fuss and make like give them exactly what they want and show that they've upset someone, but just make sure that it's it's an aware and if it ever gets to an extent where it's affecting somebody, so if these yeah. chants one of my younger um younger black players or anything like that, then then that I'll I'll make a fuss until that person doesn't feel uncomfortable. It's 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 you can you can tell if it's affecting someone or not. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't allow that per, that player to have to deal with that and, and carry on the game. So that's never yeah. happened. So I'm just I just you know you think about you think about these things, but then yeah. um, social media kicked in then, which basically gives gives them all a platform to, to yeah. do what they're doing. So I've had hundreds and hundreds of no maybe not hundreds quite a few comments on social media from people that are not brave enough to say it when they're in it's all it's online so that and again when I was a little bit younger do I make a fuss of this and just get my head down and work hard yeah I'll just do that rather than making a fuss but I am at this I'm not in that stage in my career now where I can just just uh, for me personally, I, I, I'm strong enough to deal with it. I don't mm. think I'd let a racist get the better of me to affect what I'm doing, if, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But I look at myself 
a younger me, so a, a, 20, a 22, 23-year-old me and younger, would I be able to do that? No. So it has to be... It has to be me now with the thick skin to deal with it for the younger ones and yeah. the next generation of people coming on, coming on, and coming on. Because I've had to, so I've, I've, I've spoke about this this week, so I'm having, I'm, I'm having flashback to the things that I've spoke about. Yeah. And I know that my mom. I've had to have a conversation with my mom when I was very small to say, "Mom, what's this that this person's saying? I don't understand it." She's explained it to me. She's been through it before. She's explained it to me, and she said, "Right, this is what you do when this happens. You report it to a teacher. This, that, and the other." Now yeah. I thought the end of it but I feel that I'm going to need to be having those conversations with my little boy and that's what I yeah. don't this is what I I'm scared that I'm going to be at. I don't want my son to come home and say dad what because it will be dad because my, my my wife's wife she's she's mm. she's wow so it's like my mom's um she isn't my son isn't going to go to my mom for advice so it will be me and I feel I, 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 just, I don't know, I'd just be heartbroken if I'm still having that conversation because it feels to me that I haven't done enough in that 32 years to kind of help that generation. And then, yeah, just that's that's why I'm so... That's why I make a fuss of it now. That's why mm. I report. That's why I stand up for people who, who, who can't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. And I appreciate you answering the questions around that because it's not an easy thing to talk about. I, I know that, so I do appreciate you you answering it so honestly. So I'm really conscious of time, and I've got a few more questions, but I'm not going to ask them. We'll we're going to we're going to more in your more in your podcast. Uh, no, I, the thing is, I could talk for England as well. So, <laughs> I mean, what what do you what do you see yourself doing? Do you see yourself going into coaching uh, as your career comes to an end? Yeah, so we've launched my um my academy down in, in Swansea. Oh, amazing! Um, I didn't know that. It should have gone. It should have started in in January, but fortunately, uh, I was going to say Boris, but it's not Boris. It's um, <laughs> Brickford over here in Wales. That um, yeah, yeah. Now, I forget the guy's name. Yeah, so we're um, not far off though. I think it's promising signs that they're they're going to let um, youngsters outside in organised football. Um, mm. Any of fresh air. So I think it's coming quite soon where we can launch our academy. Um, my my badges again. My coaching badges were booked last summer, but obviously, unfortunately, I got pushed back to this summer. So, fingers crossed, I can go and do my coaching badges this yeah. week. Um, and I do like coaching. I do I, I do enjoy coaching. At this moment yeah. in time, have I got a desire to be Pep? Do I desire to go up and learn my trade and and go and manage in the Premiership? I don't I don't think that that one's quite for me. But I I I'm, I feel that I thoroughly enjoy. A local academy that will progress yeah. the through, um, and I think I, I I am enjoying that at the moment. Although we haven't been able to kick a ball, we we're um, mm. are making making good friends with parents and things like that. Um, doing Zoom calls and ball masteries and stuff like that. I'm enjoying that. that that's good. Um, yeah. That that that's where I'll, I'll continue building my portfolio, but that's kind of ticks over and looks after mm. itself. Um, but my my academy is, I think, where I'll be putting my focus. No, that sounds amazing. I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of that. So that sounds really, really good. How 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 do you see that going then? Your academy. That what was your, What's your dream for that? So I've um, I've made made friends with uh, a friend of a friend who's going to at this moment in time. I'm obviously still playing full time football, so mm. something that have to help me out. So I've kind of 
not hired. He's like a co-founder of, uh, he's going to be my head coach. So he's going to sort out all that sort of stuff. So mm. we advertised on social media and we've already got like a, over a hundred inquiries. So there's, I'd be very, there's already a hundred kids that are kind of interested um, to, mm. to take part. Um, so one, Swans is a, there's only a certain size so I feel that once we kind of get to our level of I don't know maybe a couple of hundred 300 kids in Swansea mm. when we've ran our kids for example then hopefully trying to um trying to try another location so maybe go because we're, we're in Wales here I don't feel that I like I mentioned I was in Worcester banked smack in the Midlands I had clubs mm. all the way around. I could go Coventry there Villa there I'm in far far west in Swansea I don't feel that the kids have got as much opportunity as what I did in 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 the Midlands Mm. so hopefully start satellites in kind of areas where there's not too much um not too much football going on and then and that that would be the aim is kind of have several locations yeah that's, yeah. that's the dream no it sounds amazing sounds I wish you best of luck with it sounds amazing um just just a couple of sort of non-football-y questions I guess what what is it do you enjoy outside of football what what floats your boat what do you enjoy doing well I'm addicted to clubhouse now so I'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) yeah you and me both (laughs) you know what I I I'm I'm, I look I didn't realize how much I love socializing honestly I feel lost without seeing my pals and and yeah traveling with the with, with the missus we used to go we used to go away three four times a year and visit different places so yeah as soon as i'm loud that is well, that's what I'm, i was gonna i was gonna say golf but i'm useless at that um <laughs> <laughs> i play golf and i'm useless but i still yeah. like going <laughs> I, yeah i enjoy do you know i do i do enjoy i know this is gonna be geeky and boring but i do love <laughs> learning new things um if it enhances my brain if i'm excited about a subject I enjoy it. so yeah. when it was property before I used to love going on courses and reading up on that sort of stuff now it's more on coaching because obviously I want the coaching the the academy to grow so yeah. get my back done reading all these coaching books it's 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 like a different round to me I've I've always read uh, autobiographies on um exceptional players this mm. is a completely different zone on exceptional coaches so there's a yeah. completely another place to, for me to focus on um and then like jokingly i said clubhouse but the amount of knowledge that i'm learning on this on this platform great. As well, yeah it's been great yeah i'm not sure if it's gonna well i hope hopefully it's the same because it's in the comfort of your house at the moment i know everyone's locked down but mm. I, i'm gonna get back on going to seminars and and, and back on learning things that's where I'll, that's what i'll be doing yeah that's nice sorry, that's a geeky answer. sorry sorry if that's a geeky answer but it's your answer. There's no right or wrong answers. They're just your answers. And, you know, I'm sure people listening are interested to know a little bit more about you and, you know, what floats your boat. And if that's that, that's that. That's what's really good. Uh, I guess the final question really then is, who is who's the best player you ever played against or with? Played against or with? Um, best player with was a chap called Mark Davis, but unfortunately he had to retire due to an injury when he was really young. But oh, um, okay. he was he was my same age as me and we grew up in my academy and he was predictably mm. the best thing. And still to this day, I've not seen anyone as good as him. He was he was oh. absolutely brilliant. Um, he, he was sold from 
Wolves were in the Championship, Sean to Bolton in the Premiership, and then I think he played one or two years in the Premiership, but then his he, his injuries got the better of him, unfortunately. But he's probably the best one I played with. Um, then against, I get asked this question a lot. So I played, I played against Gareth Bale once, but we were in, uh, we were at youth level, so he wasn't yeah. actually the Gareth Bale that he is now. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to use that answer. Um, so I'll, I like I'll Gareth Bale though. I've always I, liked Gareth Bale. I think he's a great player. Yeah, he's he's good. Whatever the critics say about him, he's, he's yeah, no. I'm not sure he was when we were 17. That he wasn't anything like he was. He was quite thin back then, and then yeah. all of a sudden, come back and he was an absolute machine. <laughs> um, but I played against uh, Steve, Steven Gerrard in a reserve game. That was enough. That was one that stood out in my mind because yeah. our reserve manager kind of every, every game we used to have like a game plan, and then it was it was literally like right, we're going to have to stop. We just have to send five or six people around Steven Gerrard to stop him. <laughs> And, and you're still, one of them. <laughs> no, I couldn't get anywhere near him. Nowhere. He was out of this world. Honestly, he was out of this world. He was just yeah. just coming back from injury. That hence why he was playing in the reserve game. He just just had an right. injury. Back fit and still like couldn't get anywhere near him. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Oh, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you. Uh, taking an hour uh, of your time, over an hour, talking to me. And um, yeah, I just wish you all the best for the rest of your career. I hope the academy goes well, and um, yeah, look forward to seeing seeing more of you at Rovers. Hopefully, for at least four four more years. Yeah, and, um, and what you do next. Thanks very much, Mark. Appreciate it. For having me, Sam. Cheers. Cheers, mate. You've been listening to the Real Life Sports Show. I hope you found some value and joy in this podcast. If you have, then please tell someone else about it. And also, while you're at it, why not leave me a five-star review? Also, you can share it on your socials. You'll find me mostly on Instagram at samadamscoach. You can also check me out at my website, sam-adams.com. Send any comments or any interest in coaching or speaking to my Instagram. Just drop me a DM. I look at all my messages and I respond to every single one of them.